Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Nick Marks online. Nick, how are you? I'm very good today. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. We're going to talk about happiness. And as we said in the pre-show, it's definitely something that I think the world needs a whole lot more of. So why don't you share a little bit about you and this awesome work you do? Yeah, so I am a statistician by trade, uh, but as my speciality is happiness and about basically people's experience of the life. And I used to work in governments. I used to advise in the UK, the Tony Blair government and the David Cameron government on how to measure well-being. And then about 10 years ago, eight years ago, I started thinking about work, thinking, actually, I think adults spend a lot of time at work. And if we were actually going to make a happier world, work is a really good place to start because there's a really good alignment between people feeling good about their work and doing good work. So that's what I've been doing for the last eight years. I agree with you. Uh, Most of our consecutive waking hours tends to be at work, whether, um, and of course, in the last couple of years, work is where we are. And sometimes that may not be the office or the the facility. We may be on our couch. And it's been a really challenging time for a lot of people during this pandemic. And, you know, pandemic itself is, is difficult to deal with, but I'd love to hear your insights on, you know, how happiness has been impacted by this pandemic. Yeah, I, I'm very keen on what we call, um, what I call episodal measurement, which is basically weekly happiness, measuring people's experience every week. And the great thing about it is that we all have good and bad weeks and kind of the, the metric is having more good weeks than bad weeks. And that's kind of when work is going well and life by the way. And and so um, I've been tracking data right through the pandemic. And actually, also in the UK, we've got um, a polling company that asks how people how happy people are every week. And if you look at that, I mean, last March, there was just this huge hit. <laughs> you know, it was, I mean, not surprisingly, but the data just plummets, and then um, tries to get back to where it was. And uh, even and then the autumn it crashes again as we had a second wave in the UK and then a third wave in January February we're probably in our fourth wave now but we have got vaccines so it's different but um, and it's it's taken a huge impact now, I don't think anyone is coming out unchanged of this pandemic we've all had to reflect on what's important in life and um, and that it you know what did we find we we were losing we we were losing we we're missing contact with people that very very human thing whether that was family whether that was our colleagues at work you know it's harder working from home but you know if you had good team relationships going into the pandemic you probably still were a good team through it if you had bad ones you probably well, you probably avoided each other <laughs> I don't know yeah I've seen that and I've noticed just in my interactions with people in in public spaces that were allowed to remain open like grocery stores and certain markets and things like that. It it does seem that people are a lot more agitated than they were before. And a lot of us, I think, because we've lost out on that face-to-face interaction and many people, you know, not so much myself, but I've noticed a lot of people really did a great job of sequestering themselves from society to the point where now that they're starting to interact with people again, it feels foreign to them. 
it, it, and it, I, I, in a way, I find that amazing. It's like, wait a minute, we're, we're human beings. We interact with people. We have our entire lives. And even though it's, it feels like forever, the 16, 18-month window that we've been in with this pandemic, some people really have forgotten how to interact with people which I find is, is interesting. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I love the fact, you know, the, the work that you did before and even now in, in measuring happiness, it's, I look at it as, and, and it's something that I do with people all the time is you need to check in with yourself and, and, and see where you're at. And I think too many people don't, they just kind of aimlessly go through life and thankfully, we can automatically breathe because if we didn't, I think half the population would collapse in about five <laughs> seconds because we would literally, we're so in our heads and not really focusing on what we're doing um, or we're human doings instead of human beings. And I think half the population would just collapse because we forgot to breathe. So thankfully, that works on autopilot. But I think too many other things in our life, we, we put on autopilot and we don't really take stock in, in how we're doing. Uh, right now and yeah I mean I, I often suggest to people that your happiness is important you should take it seriously you know whether that's in your private life in your work life and and I don't think people think enough about how to prioritize it and they think it's selfish to sort of like oh you know it's selfish if I look after my happiness actually happiness is very very social it's very between us so Daniel Kahneman who's the Nobel Prize winning uh, psychologist they want it for economics um you know he says happiness is almost a social emotion it's between us and so actually happiness is is very um very pro-social it's good for all of us uh, and it has a sort of resonance we call it a positivity resonance it spreads um you know as do negative emotions like anger you know it's quite if, if someone if you see someone treated badly you feel angry on their behalf pretty quick anger moves quickly but you know happiness we, we catch it off people a smile you know, we know those people at work we go to who are like a radiator and they just sort of make us feel better. And maybe if we're having a bad day at work and, and you're in an office environment, you know, you go and check out Jill in accounts because she, she, she's lovely. doesn't mean you need to work with her, but you just go. And, and, and I think those human things are very important. And it's kind of what we've missed by all being at home, though, obviously everything's thrown up in the air. I don't suppose we'll go back to five days a week commuting, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities uh, for and, and a lot of people I've talked to have referred to this pandemic as an opportunity for a great reset. Mm. And I agree with you. I don't think anyone is coming out of this pandemic unchanged. I think it's impacted all of us. Some people maybe more so than others. But I look at it as an opportunity to, again, take stock in what's important in my life and what's not. Um, relationships, which ones are really good for me and which ones maybe aren't and, yeah. and proceed from there. But I, I love the example that you gave about there, you know, there's somebody at work that just is, it, it's contagious in a good way, not like the pandemic, yeah. but a contagious where their energy, uh, their you know, they could be bubbly or, you know, they, you could be, you know, attracted to somebody not in a, you know, a, you know, relationship way, but just attracted by their energy. And it could go both ways. You know, maybe it could be like a, a Nick Offerman type of character where they're a grumpy curmudgeon and you, you just feed off of that and you think it's funny. And you just like, I want to hear what he or she's complaining about today. And you just find that in music that that's probably where you'd find me. But I also like the energetic, happy go lucky people and, you know, organization that I help out 
you know, our office admin receptionist is always, you know, positive and there's people in the office that, you know, she gives a lot of attitude towards in a loving, caring way, but it's, it's entertaining to watch. And again, those types of experiences, I think people have missed out on. So whenever quote unquote, the next normal arrives and we settle on where we work, when we work and all of that, it's going to be really interesting to see where that all plays out, but ultimately using happiness as a guidepost saying, okay, what will bring on the most happiness for my work situation? Would it would be, I'd be more happy to have this hybrid of working from home or remotely a couple of days a week and going into the office or a mix match of it. And, you know, it, I, everybody's a little bit different on that. And I think that's where companies I think are struggling right now because yes, they could say, well, we're going to go hundred percent remote, but you know what? There's a portion of the population that works for them that don't like that. They're, yeah. they don't want that. And the stats that I've seen, you know, it, it's not a hundred percent one way or the other. It's, it's a mix. You know, it's like 40, 35, 30 something. It's a mix yeah, of what some, people want. I saw some stats last week, which was, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but it was something like 32% never want to go in the office again and 22 never want to work at home again. And, and they're different people. The 32% is particularly female with children, 22% male, younger. And, 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 and so we, we'll find ways of these things balancing out. But in my opinion, it's an empirical question. And of course, it's not only about individual experience you've got to think of the team experience you've got to think about what's good for the business so there's multiple levels to it but i definitely think that asking people how each week it is going for them is a way to track whether things are on track or not because if you make a policy and everybody hates it you're going to lose a lot of people quickly yeah if you make a policy most people love it and a few don't you can start thinking about how to you know, adapt it. But the data will help you make that decision. I often say feelings are data. Uh, They're data for us, you and me, you know, we feel something It's giving us new information. When I do stuff with businesses, we codify that with numbers. So we ask people, you know, how happy were you at work this week from one to five? And you basically, you give give it a number. And that helps people have the conversations, you know, in a way, the I mean, this is a bit heresy for a statistician, but this, the number is almost a trick. It's opening a door so that you can look at the space that you need to look at. And so, uh, and, and I keep it very simple because, you know, people are busy. So just on a Friday, we ask them that one question. We ask them also what's been a success for them because in my experience, people don't stop and notice what they've done enough. They move on to the next challenge. You know, um, I asked them if they want to thank anybody because I think we don't reach out and thank each other enough. So we send a little note saying, you know, um, that, you know, um, someone's thanked them and why they thank them. Um, and, um, and also frustrations and concerns that people might have, you know, because you need to pick them up quickly because if they fester, they become bigger. I love that check-in thing and um, the celebrating of accomplishments. I completely agree with you on that. I worked for an organization many years ago that 
was a social services agency. So they did a lot of things. They provided healthcare and also they had a food bank and a furniture bank. And one of the challenges this organization had was in order to get the donations of food or gently used furniture to provide to those in need, they needed to rent trucks to be able to go pick that stuff up. It wasn't a case where people would necessarily just drop it off. They'd say, well, we have this furniture, but we have no way to get it to you. So we'd always have to rent you know, a, a moving truck. And you know, typically those trucks, uh, they're fairly reliable, but we seem to always rent the ones that broke down all the time. And this went on you know, for a long time, longer than I was with the organization. But finally, the organization started doing some research. It's like, okay, let's see if we can raise enough funds to buy our own truck. And we were able to do it. And one of the directors was able to find one, actually required a trip because it was based in Toronto. They went to, I believe, somewhere in Kentucky in the U.S. to get this truck and then drove it back from Kentucky to Toronto and secured the funding, got the truck, the truck arrived. We had a meeting and we said, yep, but you know, that we've, We've landed this truck. What this is going to do allow us to increase our meal delivery and our food delivery from a couple times a week to almost every day of the work week, and which was a gigantic accomplishment. The number of people that were going to be served food, have furniture for their new place, and when they couldn't afford any furniture was gigantic. In the meeting, uh, it, it was glossed over. And I went and I looked over at the director and she looked like she was going to cry hmm. because there was a lot of time and effort. So I went over to her and, and, you know, privately gave her a hug and I see, <laughs> and told her, I said, you've impacted thousands of people by what hmm. you did, you know, researching it, finding it, making part of your vacation to go down and pick up a truck and, and, and tying it into this. It's like, this is such a huge accomplishment. Now that organization has gone on to grow and you know, now they have a fleet of trucks and all this other stuff. So, but it needed that nugget. And it was one of those yeah. lost opportunities. And I, I said to myself, whenever there's an opportunity to celebrate something, I don't care how minute it is. Yeah. If I find out about it, let's celebrate it because yeah. that gives you a momentum that gives you fulfillment and joy and happiness going, wow, I had a part in, it could be something minor. It could be something as huge as being able to provide food for families in need. And uh, we, I agree with you. We, we need to celebrate those things more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Every week, every week, every week, every <laughs> week. Yeah. Every week. Exactly. Not just a you know, standing item on the monthly board meeting. No, no, no. It's like weekly. What, you know, what went well this week? What blew up? You know, we can talk about what blew up, but the thing of it is, when you start talking about those happiness things, I sense that it brings out people to talk more and it opens up communications and knocks down some silos that we find in so many organizations. It, it does. And it's a very human thing for us to talk about. You know, we don't, we don't say to people, you know, how engaged are you at work? We don't say to people, how is your well-being? We say to people, how are you? You happy? You know, it's, it's, it's a natural thing to do. And of course, formalizing that into a bit of data, formalizing it into a process like, you know, we call Friday Pulse because on a Friday we ask those questions. Monday, we feed it back to the team so they can have a little retrospective. How was last week? What was gone well? 
what hasn't how do we build on what's gone well how do and you just build that little weekly momentum because you know you know it in businesses i mean occasionally there's a big thing like that truck story but most improvements are a lot of little incremental things doing a lot of little things well and doing them and and you know finishing them off and and actually celebrating is marking the finish of something you know and uh I, that sometimes I'm not the world's best complete finisher. I don't know how you are, but sometimes you know, so if you get, well, you know, that's good. We've done that. You feel, you feel much better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when people renovate their homes and they live in them for a long time, they get it 95% done and then, Oh, we're going to sell it. So they have to finish everything. And for about two weeks, their house is completely done the way they want it, but they can't do anything in it because the real estate agent keeps bringing in people. So they got to keep it crystal clear. And you're like, why do people do that? You know, it's like, but we all do it. You know, anybody that's ever owned a property, it's like we limp along with, yeah, I got to fix that. And we never do it. It's like, oh, we're going to sell it. It finally gets fixed. It's it's comical. We're, we, we entertain ourselves often when it comes to that stuff. But you know what? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, you know, again, going back to the check-in, I love the weekly format of it because it keeps it top of mind and fresh and i'm yeah. guessing in the organizations you've worked with i bet i mean not that they weren't looking forward to friday already but i'm guessing this is a huge component of it because they can say okay this is what went well and it, it just i don't know it it just seems like it makes uh, uh for a happier healthier workspace when when people are, are are doing this and sharing you know the knowledge and all the things that they're experiencing yeah i think that for most people, an organizational survey does not hit their inbox with joy. <laughs> when it comes, it's normally like a thud. Oh, my God, I've got to do that. <laughs> so when I was designing Friday Pulse, I wanted it to be light, fun, uh, and welcome. And so it's very, very brief. It's one to two minutes on a Friday. We actually finished with a fun question because, you know, basically even that two, three minute, uh, one, two minute flow on a Friday, you know, people, you're still asking them to give something. You're asking the employee to, to give you an honest answer. So, you know, were you happy or not? You know, what are the things that have gone well or not? And then we just asked them something silly. So it might be, are you an early bird or a night owl? Uh, what was a favorite food from childhood? Something like that, you know. And the idea is that just stimulates silly conversations in the team. And, it, 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 you know, we're, we're a team, we're, we're about building happy teams but across the whole organization. So, you know, the senior leaders can see which teams are happy, which aren't. If, if the team isn't happy, particularly if they aren't happy for two or three weeks, you know, go and intervene. There's something going wrong there. Or go and see what you can do to support them. What's the challenge they got there, you know. Um, but, you know, it just allows them to know things are going well and they're on track. And, and that's quite difficult for senior leaders to get that frontline feedback very often. So we, we, we're trying to serve both of those parties, really, you know, the, and one of the tricks in there, I, you, you must work with team leaders all the time, you know, is being on the team leader's side. You know, these people are often under quite a lot of pressure from below and above. They've often been promoted for technical skills or lengths of service, not necessarily for their people skills. They don't want to be a bad people leader, but they might not have been trained enough. So we're really trying to help them create a tool for them that makes their job easier and more enjoyable to be a team leader because they're having the right conversations about their team culture every week. Yeah, being a team leader sometimes feels like being a pinata. 
Uh, you're getting hit <laughs> from every direction, and unfortunately, you, you're blindfolded, not the person swinging at you. They they see you quite clearly. You're the one. that's like, where'd that come from? What that? But it's it's but it, it because you're in a difficult position in a way where you got to protect you know, the organization, but also you want to protect the resources and the people that work for you. And I agree. It's, you know, people that rise through the ranks and get promoted. It's because of their technical skills, their tactile skills, but the the people side of things, that's something that may not be natural to some people. And it's something that you can definitely learn about, but I think a lot of it has to do with learning more about yourself first. And when you learn, you know, what motivates you, what makes you happy, um, then that becomes contagious. You know, I've, I've worked with some amazing leaders in my career, and while they were all dynamically different as far as personalities are concerned, I always knew when they were in their happy zone uh, and doing the work that they really enjoyed doing because it, it just flowed. there's a flow about it. And I think that's one of the biggest things I see in people that are stressed and burned out is the only flow they're dealing with is the overwhelm of this is constantly, they're not operating in a state of flow. They're just drowning for lack of a better term and uh, getting them back to a place where they're operating uh, in a, in a state of flow where they're easily able to navigate and pivot through the variety of challenges that every one of us face, but do it in a way where, you know, they're, they're checking in with themselves and, you know, the happiness element of it is, is critically important because I think that lays the foundation for everything. Yeah. I mean, it in, a, in, an organism in a human being, happiness is a signal of good functioning. It, you know, when, you know, and, and that's at, a, at its sort of crudest level. I mean, the word happiness is complex because we use it in quite a lot of different ways. But in the good bad signal, it's, it's a real indication. I mean, we use the word happiness to sort of open up a space which can be as low energy as contentment and as high energy as joy, enthusiasm. You know, there can be a whole range of things that we put underneath that. And actually, when you're running a team or yourself, you know, you want to. You want to move flow, if you like the word, round those emotions. You know, there's times to be laughing with your team and just, you know, not mucking around, but you know, just getting to know each other. And there's times to be on your own with your head down, focused, you know, and, and, you, and you want all of that in that space. But they're all marked by the idea that it's going well or not. And, and so, you know, our data picks that up and, and fits it back. But there is behind that an awful lot of complexity. And um, and we also know I know from my research that what drives good experiences you and it we know it's we, we know we, we talk about it as being five ways of, of connect be fair empower challenge inspire but basically relationships are important justice is important people are treated unfairly it's bad empowerment is about delegating autonomy challenge is about stretch you know it's a total misunderstanding to think people are happy doing nothing. We love a bit of challenge. We love learning. You know, we love creativity. And the final one, Inspire, is about meaning, purpose, being connected to something bigger, you know, uh, being proud of the organization. And if you get those five things right across every team, you're, 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 I could say you're laughing. You're doing really well. You'll be, you'll be productive and happy as a business. And I think most business leaders, yes, they want to have a productive organization. Yes, they want to meet their targets. But at a human level, I think they want to run a happy ship. I think they want to run something. It's, it's good for them. You know, there's, there's very few people that get that perverse 
liking of sort of making other people miserable and we don't want to work them i don't want them in my business i don't really want them in any business but i they do exist but apart from them i think most of us actually just like it more when things are going well and 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 yeah and, and happiness is is the key ingredient uh, to make mm-hmm. that happen so mm-hmm. nick i've loved this conversation where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing yeah, so they can go and check their own happiness at work. So we've made a, like a five-minute test. It's called Friday One, and one is one.com, and it gives you a really nice report. It's a reflective tool. You said it's about bringing into awareness, knowing yourself. This will help you know yourself better at work. Um, and then FridayPulse.com is where the business is. So we are for, for teams of sort of more than 10, right up to thousands uh, of people in, in organizations. There's a free trial if, if you've got interested in it for your organization. And me, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I'm Nick Marks, N-I-C, no K, Marks. And uh, uh, I'm pretty active on there. Yeah. I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So Nick, thank you so much again for your time and for this amazing work you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank, thanks very much. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.